You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. I cannot tell you how good it feels to hear this weak-ass song. Uh, I mean, I'll be real. Like, when this song first came out, I loved, because it was, man, it's Lil John. You know what I'm saying? Everything about Lil John is fun. Turned down for what? But then it got really played out. They put it in commercials. Then we used it for the show intro. But I'll be real. After... Nine, almost what feels like uh, uh, nine months of football. Man, it feels great to be back to Sports Sunday right here on 1080 The Fan. You can probably tell I'm not Mike Lynch. Lynch is out with some of the homies that are in town. so His video game buddies. Yeah, right? So they don't yeah. have to do it online anymore. They can actually sit right in front of each other and be nerds for the rest of the night. It sounds so. like that's what they do. I guess uh, what they do is they like to sit up all their consoles next to each other and play video games online with each other. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. Right? So more power to, to you, Lynch, and, and all your gaming that you're doing right now. So I'm sitting in the in the captain's chair right now, but I did invite a friend. I actually invited a friend back, man, somebody who I really kind of trust as far as their sports take. Sometimes a little out there, but... It makes a lot of sense. Uh, he is the director of strategic initiative for the second largest culturally specific organization in the state of Oregon, Self-Enhancement Incorporated. He is Mr. Anthony Deloney. Deloney, thank you for coming back, my guy. Got to turn the mic on. I think it's the one that says, oh, man, there you go. Really, you just gonna clown me? Like I'm just that, saying, man. man. Don't worry. It's- Thanks for having me back, guys. Thanks for having me back, man. Absolutely, fam. I'm glad you can come in. Now I know. See, so we're used to doing the show this early. It's one of those things. Like even when we're kind of tired, once the red light goes on, it's like okay, we can, we can, we can get going. But I understand how early it can be, especially on Sunday, man. So I appreciate you for coming in and kind of kicking it with us for a little bit. Loving it, fellas. Absolutely, man. So it's been. This is supposed to be the down week of sports, but for whatever reason, there's it's been popping. You know, the NBA trade deadline is usually pretty slow. There was a lot happening there, so we got actually a, a whole bunch to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about what's next for the Trailblazers. I don't know. I think a lot of people are kind of, kind of weirded out about exactly what's going on with this team. The NBA trade deadline came and went this past Thursday. There were some trades made, mostly by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're going to talk about where they stand after that and actually where the rest of the NBA stands because there were some pretty interesting trades around the league, and I think it's going to help out or maybe hurt a whole lot of teams kind of moving forward. Josh McDaniels lost the Super Bowl and then decided to curve the Indianapolis Colts the very next day, so we're going to dive into that ripple effect in the NFL. Jimmy G goes ahead and gets his big money. How's that going to affect the rest of the big quarterbacks in the league? We're going to have an interview actually today, which is rare for us. So we're going to have Central Catholic linebacker Elijah Winston, who actually shocked 
a lot of Oregon fans by deciding to go to uh, USC the day before National Signing Day. So I know there are a lot of Duck fans that are kind of scratching their heads about that. So we're going to have him on and actually be able to ask him uh, kind of about that. But first, the Blazers trade deadline came and went as well. And... Underwhelming? To say the least, I think for a lot of people. But here's my question, though. It's not necessarily that it was underwhelming. I think we all kind of know that. But my question is, what were what were Blazer fans expecting? You know, because because my thing is like you got a lot of you had a lot of bad contracts on this team, yeah. and a lot of bad contracts of dudes that I don't really a lot of people don't really want like that. Like not that Evan Turner's a terrible player, but for the money that he had to pay him, I think a lot of teams are like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I think some of the expectation was set by because I was in the exact same place. Like, well, we're not going to do anything. We're going to wait like we normally do. But when Dame Lillard had the conversation with the owner, right, and he and he had the heart to heart, and sounds like he promised them something. So that's when I said, okay, he's at least going to do something to appease Dame to make him feel better because we are we really are in a shaky spot. I mean, we we can't forget that this is Portland, Oregon. This is never going to be a hot destination for free agents. And so, you know, by default, we have to overpay for people that, you know, probably don't deserve some of that money, but because of this destination, and we can talk all day about why Portland's not a free agent destination, but that's the reality. And so you have to give up something to get something. So I thought we would get that. No, I th- I think a lot of people kind of thought that and uh, the the names that you continue to hear during the trade deadline were obviously C.J. McCollum. You know, we heard a lot of Yusuf Nurkic. You know, you heard of some of those things, but in in reality, just just being honest, and this is just this is just me having said what you just said. Right? Does do are you going to get somebody better than C.J. or Dame if you trade them? Well, Only, maybe through the draft, but I, I personally don't know if anybody is coming. To Portland, and we'll get to that later. I know. I I think what what you have to do, and th- and it doesn't work partially because one of the things is the top free agents out there that you could possibly trade for. Look, let's say a, a Paul George that's not working out as well as you thought in Oklahoma City, who's probably not going to stay there. Mm-hmm. If you trade for him, he's not going to stay here either. It, exactly. It's like the Aflalo trade. You're like you're doing a one year rental for a team that you know is not going to win against Golden State, right. and so now. Now it's you really only have one true piece that you can trade to try to get something of of actual value in return in CJ. And you said it. Are you going to get something better than CJ in return? Because you're going to have to go CJ, and then hopefully you can try to put in something else into that into that package. But things like you know um, the fact that you went out and you got a guy like um, Zach Collins this year. And, you know, maybe he's going to maturate down the road and maybe he's shown you a couple flashes here and there, but he's not a value that can you add to a package that can help you now. And so once again, you have to try to sell the Dame like we, we got a plan and it's two years down the road, which is now you're really eating into Dame's prime. So what what I feel like you had to have done, in, at least in this trade deadline, is try to set up some avenues heading into the offseason that you can try to make a move in the offseason because you know it. We're not going to sign that free agent, so you have to either do it, one, through a draft, which means you have to acquire draft picks, or two, you have to do it through trades. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you're going to do it here in Portland. In case you hadn't heard, the Blazers traded Noah Vonley for 32-year-old Serbian center who has never played an NBA game, (laughs) Milovan Rakovic. 
So <laughs> there you go. Very, so, very good, Portland Trail Blazers. So here's the one thing it does do. Uh, the Blazers have the highest payroll in the NBA. This actually puts them $2 million under the luxury tax. So a part of me is like, well, hey, you're under the luxury tax. But then, Good for Paul Allen. I mean, you know, it's Paul Allen. But the other part of me is like, now that you're under the luxury tax, what better decisions are you going to make to, to, to maximize what you have? Because right now... The, the guys that are on your roster, we've it's been proven they're not good enough. I've been waiting to say this on this show for a long time. Outside of Damian Lillard, CJ, and uh, Nurkic, name one other starter anywhere on the team. So we got to roll back a little bit, though, right? So if I'm Blazer management, the last two years we had our best runs after the All-Star break. As, as as doom and gloom as us Blazer fans want to act. Of course. Right? Let's be real. We're in fifth place right now. We're in a second-half team. I agree. Right? We, we I want to say last year we were ninth or tenth. There was, there was and, talk of tanking. And, 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 we got, and, we, and we caught on fire. For the first time. Now, I know we got out of the first round. Was that last year or the year before? We, we got lucky. Two years ago. They, they got hurt, right? Yeah. To me, as, as it stands right now, as a fifth-place team, we'd play the fourth-place team, which is, I think, Minnesota, right? I like our chances to legitimately get out of the first round. So, again, if I'm management, as much as everybody's saying, change it, change it, change it, this is probably the best place that we've been in the last two or three years in terms of standing. So, at the same time, you know, of course we want change, but we also have to be real and take a look. And there's a lot of teams through trade and, and, and injuries that are actually lessening their, their place. So, in a lot of ways, we got better by just standing still. Yeah, oh, I mean, well, there's the optimistic, you know, uh, view because I think that a lot of that is true. I, I'm also looking at an NBA right now. I'll just be real; it's just not as good. Like this, this Western Conference, it it looks doesn't look great, you know. And when you're looking at teams like the Clippers, who are really competing with the with nobody on their team except for you know Lou Williams, like those are it, it's it's strange. I don't really see them beating Minnesota. I think Minnesota is one of the better teams. But I think they're going to move up in the standings as as uh you know as the season kind of progresses. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. The Blazers had last year at this time, we were saying the Blazers were tanking. That was it. Throw in the towel. Get a top five pick. That's what you were kind of saying. And you're right. They did pick it up after the All-Star break and end up making, uh, what was it, the sixth seed? In the, in They've the actually done that, like, the last two or three years. That's and, right. I mean, that partially, I think, has to do in, uh, with that personality of Damian Lillard, man. That yeah. guy, and that's where I've said that this is the one untradeable guy on the team because he is the culture of your team. And if you get rid of Damian Lillard, you get rid of that culture. I, I 100% believe that absolutely. that second half fire is that fire oh, that absolutely. he that burns within Damian Lillard. And so like he is the engine that makes this team move. It's just it's how do we how do we add a a, a couple turbos to this engine to get it really moving and cuz cuz it really is like yet that's that's what Golden State did. They're like they're like, we figured out how to put a third turbo on our engine because they, you know, went out and got Kevin Durant. How do you do that? And that's a phenomenal segue because when we come back, we're going to talk about what's next for the Blazers. How do they put some turbo onto what they already have? That's coming up right here on Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 916, 
1080 The Fan. Interact with us all day on the Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305. You can also interact with me on Twitter. I'm at TaylorMade503. We got, uh, and your Twitter is at Anthony Deloney. Yes. I, no, I have the worst Twitter handle I'll ever. It's real basic, at A.D. Deloney. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, that's, just, you know, that's, yeah, that's not terrible. You know what I'm saying? There are some ones that, that real vanilla. Are, you know, it could be, you know, at Jesse Osmond, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and that's A-S-Z-M-A-N in case you were curious of how to spell Jesse's last name. We got a text here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. The bad contracts were made by current GM. Olshay has to go. This is such BS. Olshay didn't have to overpay for Harkless, Leonard, or Turner. I, I tend to, agree with some of that he definitely didn't have to overpay for Harkless Leonard and Turner Harkless perhaps but now considering where at least for the past few weeks like where it looked like he was in the depth chart didn't look like he was playing a whole bunch it still doesn't really look like Harkless is on the floor he's played a, a lot like bunch. the last two or three last games, few games though. when they've been and it Random. looks like they've been kind of you know winning at least in, in in some form but it was it was strange to see Myers Leonard get that wasn't a big contract, but it was big enough for Myers Leonard. Yeah, for, it was it was too big for him. Right. Evan Turner, for sure. I was one of those people that was really excited to see Evan Turner come to Portland. Uh, I remember what he was when he was in Philadelphia, you know, 17-point-a-night guy, and then he went to Indiana and again put up another 17. That's really all the Trailblazers needed, a guy that can come in. Like, all of a sudden, you miss Nick Batum. Man. You miss what Batum was able to bring to your team that, you know, just 13, 14 points, he's going to get five or six rebounds. He's going to get a, maybe a steal or a block in the game. Like, you miss all those little things that you took for granted now. You know what I mean? So I, I think a player like that would be great. And that's who a lot of us thought that Evan Turner would end up being. And it just hasn't worked out so far. Well, let's rewind the clock when when Blazer fans all over were saying how Nick Batum needed to go, right? And, oh. and, and as you look at this— Oh, Wesley Matthews, he didn't right? do anything. But, and, and, yeah, oh. And, 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 and unfortunately, I was just having this conversation with some of my guys uh, on our chat line. Unfortunately, people get stuck on watching one side of the ball, right? And that's just—that's that's NBA entertainment. But on the other side, I, we, we, we made this point that we didn't know how bad Damian Lillard was on defense until Batum and Matthews left, right? And he got exposed. And so, you know, as as we're getting free agents, always take in mind that defense will always, uh, we'll always have to go and get better premium defenders because our backcourt is so small. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned the fact that the Blazers didn't have another starter outside of the, the obvious three, and someone texted in another starter, maybe Shabazz. Well, maybe, but if, if you want is, another small guard who can't play defense on the floor, that's the exactly what right? you have. More and the that's same. the issue with the Blazers, I, and at least in my eyes. Um, it's almost kind of the same issue I, I have with the Washington Wizards, is you have a couple guards that are pretty much this, not the same player. Like, I mean, John Wall is a little more, you know, he's he's great about driving the basket. Bradley Beal is more of a, a spot-up shooter, you know, but you have two smaller guards, and right. – and then the backups for those are another couple of smaller guards. And so that's kind of my issue with the Trailblazers. So the question is, what's next? So the, the trade deadline is come and went. Nothing really happened. Kind of right. went out with a thud, at least in a lot of people's eyes, unless you're a really, really physical person and you're looking at that luxury tax as a, as a, great, as a great thing. What's next? I, so, the play, so the All-Star break is next week. The Blazers, as Jesse said, the Blazers tend to be a second-half team. Do the Blazers currently, as this roster is constructed, have enough to move forward and really make that jump to possibly a fourth seed? I don't know if they'll get any higher than that, but in the fourth. 
Yeah, I, I don't see why they can't achieve the four, especially, I mean, it's just one of these teams, like, they are such a streaky team. Um, it, you know, you'll you when you go and look through their schedule, it's just streaks of wins and streaks of losses. They don't do a lot of this tit-for-tat win-loss thing. It's like we're either losing for three games, four games, five games straight, or we're we're winning for three to seven games straight. There's There's not a lot of... In between, these guys catch fire, so I don't see why they couldn't just catch some fire, get really streaky there towards the end, and and just beat out Minnesota for the four seed. But, I mean, it it's going to come on like they are going to have to play some really good defense because I think that's something that we've noticed in the past. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, like last year, um, there was that streak. Yusuf Nurkic came in, and all of a sudden, they were a top-10 defensive team with with Yusuf Nurkic being that center stone. And I, I think that's what it is, like, for the future. It's like you you need Yusuf to be a guy who can occasionally um, do some rebounding and some some um, cleanup and, and just be your centerpiece in the center and not try to do too much. It, let Damian and CJ do their thing, and you need to find, like, uh, a three that can really guard and a four that can kind of stretch. That's it. Uh, go ahead. And so, you know, and I think as a, you know, as you're looking at the standings, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if we catch uh, Minnesota at the four. Uh, you know, the Thunder's so inconsistent. I, if, if they got to play Golden State every night, they'd be undefeated. But unfortunately, they have to play other teams and they lose. Uh, but I like our chances from the five or the six winning a first round series. At, at one point, we'd have. You know, the Timberwolves, another place would have the Spurs, and I like our chances against both of them, but I think it tells you a lot about what we think about Nurkic by not doing anything. I think we're, we're going to try to sign him to the to the big one and keep him around, and, and that's going to be our foundation going forward. And I think you have to for Nurkic just because um, he likes it here, seemingly, and I think that's the big issue with a lot of our free agents is they come here – once, twice a year, and I hate it. It's raining, it's cold, there's nothing to do. Like, I mean, unless you want to eat all day, and most of these guys can't eat what we love to eat here in Portland. So it, that that could be an issue. So you do want to keep your guys local. And that's why it, it kind of, you know, bothered me the thought of trading CJ or Dame because you don't find a lot of guys that want to stay in Portland. Damon Stoudemire played here and he and lived here, is from here, and openly said, yeah, Portland's don't want to play in Portland. It's just kind of one of those things. So now that you have a few guys that seem to like the culture and really adapt it to the culture, I, I say you do everything uh, to make sure they stick around. Neil O'Shea, he's been really the big, I guess he's been the big talking point for everybody as far as the Blazers is concerned because the trade deadline is really where the GMs are able to shine. This is really where you get to see um, what type of businessmen they actually are. At first, in Olshay, we trust. That that was that was the slogan. That was the motto. I saw dudes with T-shirts and stuff. Like, we really, as Blazer fans, people really trusted Neil Olshay. Now, I, I, I think that's changed a lot, and I think people are a little more impatient because – since the the breakup of the 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 great Blazer team with the with Lamarcus and and everyone, Olshay hasn't done much. The Nurkic trade was the one thing that happened, which was last year, and that gave the Blazers kind of a shot of adrenaline. And all of a sudden, they just kind kind of changed their uh, changed their ways. I'm curious as as to how the rest of the team, like we know what he told Damian Lillard, how how is the rest of the team going to respond to? seemingly not much being done in, in the trade deadline. Well, I mean, one, I think he's a streaky GM. 
And I, I think he's had some really good moments, obviously, you know, picking up Damian Lillard. He's drafted CJ McCollum. Uh, he he did bring in Nurkic. Uh, he, he did make that move to get a follow. And honestly, if you don't have an injury and the doesn't get injured, that move probably works out and that season looks different. So I think he's done what he needs to do as a GM. I think there's one thing he's done that's just, it's been a black mark on him and it's not going away. And those are contracts that he did a couple years ago in Evan Turner. And, um, and it's just, looming over you because everybody's like oh well they're going to be fine the cap's just going to keep going up and well the just throwing a bunch of money at the wall and hoping it sticks doesn't work and I don't know why that one year we thought that was going to be a good idea so it that that one move has been a black eye a black cloud black mark over them and we can't get past it and how, how much longer do the Blazers have Damian Lillard like that, this is this is my question. I know Dame has said he's openly said, like many athletes have, man, I'm gonna be here. This is where I'm. This is my home. I want right. to live here. I want right. to play for Portland. But Damian Lillard is so good, and I was really surprised he made the All Star team. Yeah, not because of he doesn't have the skill, but it's one of those things. There's so many great guards in the Western Conference, and now you add a Jimmy Butler uh, to that mix this year, things are a little a little different. I, and there are a lot of people that feel like. Chris Paul should be on the all-star team this year, you know, over Damian Lillard. I don't, but there are a lot of people that would actually try to make, you know, that argument for a guy who basically gets 20 and 10 on a team that, you know, wasn't supposed to work. So how much longer? I just think he hasn't got the respect that he should right. get because, number one, he plays in little old Portland. Uh, we play at 7, 7.30 Eastern time, and that means it's 10, 10.30, you know, at that point. Excuse me, 7.30 Pacific, so that means it's 10.30 Eastern time, so nobody's staying up to watch the Trailblazers play at that point. So I'm curious as to how long he stays here in Portland before he actually says, you know what, man, I got to try to go win. You know, I think I think Blazer fans uh, should really appreciate him while he's here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think back to um, when Garnett went over to Boston after staying in Minnesota for the majority of his career, finally went over there, and the first thing he said is, man, I should have did this a long time ago. Right. And and that's kind of been the thing. As you look around and you see that there really is no loyalty in professional no. sports, right? No. Let, let's take the IT situation. My sister died. I tore my hip up and you're traded tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. It, it's it's a cold blood. Only players thing. have to be loyal right. in sports. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think what you've seen led by LeBron is this player empowerment. It's like, hey man. The, these owners don't really love you, right? And so, you know, the whole idea about loyal and, and and here's the thing, let's 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 take KD, right? As much as everybody said they hated KD, right, when he went, did anybody win better than that? He he instantly won a championship and now he's being talked about as the best player in the world. So as much as we hated the move and everything else, when he uh when he got selfish is when he got the most recognition and acclaim after all the salt well I, I look at it as kind of like this it's you have you have three years left after this season on on the current contract with Damian Lillard because he become before he becomes a free agent yep you can do maybe one more year of this mediocre um kind of ha hanging hovering around trying to get home court advantage in the first round after that you have to show in the 2019-20 season 
this team has true promise to make a move and contend and make a chance for a Western Conference Finals, NBA t- Finals type of move. Otherwise, you're gonna it, you're gonna see the same thing that we saw with LA. Right. You got a rookie contract. You got the contract after that. You proved to me you could not put a team around me to get me where I need to go to win a championship. I'm going to go somewhere where I can. And you cannot blame the player for that. I no. once I was on the airwaves saying you can't blame L.A. for leaving, for going home and trying to get a championship. We He gave us nine years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's We're going to get that out of Lillard. And if we can't if we can't put something around him, you should say goodbye. You should say, yes, we're going to let you go. We're setting you free because you deserve it. Like right. flat out. Well, you got two years. So, Olshay, looks like you're on the clock. You got another couple years to figure it out. So, who would you rather have as a GM, Neil Olshay or LeBron James? Who the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> made a lot of changes, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. For sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This song reminds me of Oaks Park, which is actually right down the road this way. Um, I used to listen to this and, you know, roll up on girls. Hey, you want to skate? Absolutely. I'm dope on this. I actually went skating this past Saturday at Oaks Park just, you know, for... You know, for S's and G's, and it it was it was actually fun. I'm 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 incredibly talented when it comes to to skating. I'll be real. Like maybe not maybe not uh, as some of the people that are there every Saturday, but I'm still pretty good. That's a talent I would pay to not have. To be able to skate. Man, everyone wants to skate, bro. You don't look as cool as you think you do. Oh, yeah, so trust me. I guarantee I do. <laughs> I guarantee I do. So, but um. You know who doesn't look cool right now? Uh, everybody hates LeBron. It seems like, you know, everybody is really kind of, uh, they're, they're killing LeBron. And the social media is, is, the internet's undefeated. So the memes and everything that you see, uh, the fact that uh, Tristan Thompson was at the line and the, the crowd is tra- uh, chanting, uh, he will trade you. Like, <laughs> they... <laughs> LeBron, I've never seen you mentioned you you said a word earlier um, that stuck with me, and it's leverage. Yeah, Michael Jordan didn't have this type of leverage no. with the NBA, right. with sports. I mean, d- granted, we all know Jordan to be the, the the goat. I mean, I think it's I think it's arguable, but I mean, he he as it stands, he is the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cleveland Cavaliers have really allowed LeBron James or really gave. You know, way for LeBron James to really empower other players to do whatever they want for the most part. It's this the NBA is the most player friendly league that you will ever find because they literally hold all the cards. And when you hold all the cards, you can trade all your players if you yeah. feel like it. Well, well, when you go back to leverage, right? And and the biggest difference between Jordan and LeBron is that you know LeBron figured out that whole system where I don't need to sign a 10-year contract 
I don't need to sign a seven-year contract. I'm pretty good this year. Odds are I'm going to be pretty good next year. So I'm going to sign these one- and two-year contracts that keeps putting myself in the position of having leverage. So if I don't like what's going on, I can and will leave. And with that comes the power to, I don't want to play with this guy. I like to play with that guy. And and for me, you know, I'm always on the side of, you know, the worker. So, you know, the heck with management. So I, so I love the idea of guys having leverage. That being said, uh, you know, being a GM is a full-time job. And so if you're, uh, you know, playing, of course, you're not going to make the best decisions. Sometimes those, uh, you know, bringing your best friend to your team is not the best look. But I would go as far to say I think they actually got better at the break and not worse. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I for sure think they got better. They got um, they got younger. Uh, they got more athletic. Um, so I think that was the big thing. Whenever you bring in a guy like, um, and I really like uh, uh, Rodney Hood, you know, I think Rodney he's a great. I think he's a really good player. Um, you bring in a, a really underrated uh, point guard in George Hill and a guy who can also play defense. You know, which is a big, big hole. That's huge for the Cavaliers. And and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think George Hill is right near the top for three point percentage this year. He's, he's somewhere around. There. I mean, you you LeBron is best when he's around good defenders and catch and shooters. I mean. That that's that's been his formula uh, for having success. So I like what they did, and, and you know I, I always talk about this. You know there was a lot of addition by subtraction, and you can say whatever you want to about it, but you know he was hurt. He he came into a championship level squad, calling out Kevin Love, talking bad, shooting shot. I mean it, it's a terrible combination to shoot thirty percent from the floor and have some of the worst defense in the history of basketball. So Bad combination. If you hadn't heard, um, just in case, and you've been living under a rock, which some people haven't really been paying attention, the Cleveland Cavaliers traded Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, um, D. Wade, Derrick Rose, Shannon Fry, and Iman Shumper. And in return, they got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., very good center out of uh, L.A., uh, George Hill, and Rodney Hood. They seemingly gave up their entire squad. You know, everything that all the excitement that you had about the Cleveland Cavaliers at the beginning of the season, all those guys are gone. Jay Crowder for his defense. Nope, he's gone. Isaiah Thomas is going to be the new scorer. Now the Kyrie's here. Nah, we're good. D. Rose is going to come off the bench and give you 12, 13 points. Yeah, right. None of that happened. D. Wade was really a shell of himself. I'm, I'm curious if he's going to be able to kind of uh, show that you know, be a, be a 16, 17 point a night guy at uh, and back in Miami. But this was a great, great move for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, number one, Jordan Clarkson, who's been really just kind of waiting on his opportunity in a really dysfunctional uh, L.A. locker room right now. L.A. just franchise. They just don't know what they're doing. Magic Johnson uh, is getting fined for tampering and other things like that. They're just all over the place. Larry Nance Jr., uh, one of the great, one of the good shot blockers and and finishers at the rim right now. Uh, the Cavaliers are really looking to get a guy like DeAndre Jordan in. That didn't happen. I think Larry Nance Jr. is a great uh, kind of consolation to not getting a DeAndre Jordan. He gives you a little bit of where DeAndre can give you, and I think he might give you a little bit more because he can actually kind of shoot, and DeAndre Jordan can't shoot free throws. So that's that. Uh, we already mentioned George Hill and Rodney Hood, and kind of what that's going to bring to LeBron. I think LeBron's probably gonna get some rest. Right. I think he's gonna be able now. I don't now. I'll say this: this team is good enough to compete for the East as long as you have LeBron, 
I think they're going to move out of the East. After that, though, I, I, I just, I mean, I, I've heard some people be really kind of excited about this trade for Cleveland mm-hmm. and say that now they, I think they can compete with Golden State because George Hill's a. Nah, mm, let's slow down. Uh, I think there's one team that can currently beat Golden State, uh, and that's the Houston Rockets. And outside of them in a seven game series, nobody else has any chance, especially this team uh, coached by Ty Lue. I got. I have a theory about LeBron this year. It's a little bit out there, but I think you know, right? LeBron at this point is really thinking about his legacy. It does LeBron no good to go back to the finals and lose again because whoever comes out is losing to the Golden State Warriors. I have a three-year bet going that the Warriors will win the next three. Right? I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> too Gosh, that would be so right? frustrating. I mean, we know what's going on, right? But so, uh... so that being said. Right. When you talk about legacy and and this is just how backwards so many fans are in most fans mind, it's better to lose in the first round than to lose in the finals for some reason like that doesn't count on your record. So LeBron, I really think and I don't know if if it's self if if it's subconsciously, you know, tanking some of these things. But for whatever reason, I don't even see the same LeBron. It's almost like let somebody else go. Kyrie, go right ahead. Go play the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I'm pretty get, sure get, LeBron is you know, tired of losing playing basketball. five, and now my legacy is that much better when I go to Houston next year, and then we possibly have enough juice to beat Golden State. It's just my, you know, my theory. I could be wrong, I'm, but I'm that's not, where I think I'm, we're going. I'm almost not looking forward to the season being over, just because I know we're gonna have six, seven weeks of where's LeBron going, what's gonna happen, and. How's it going to LeBron watching? He met with the Cavaliers for an hour today. Nobody yeah. had any coffee, but you know, like I don't care nothing about these reports, and I know that's what we're going to get. Uh, here on the text line, uh, I asked the question as we broke the first time, uh, who would you rather have, LeBron James or Neil Olshay as your GM? Uh, someone texts in, I'd rather have LeBron because that would mean I'd have the best player in the world. Olshay, Olshay's averaging zero points, zero rebounds, and he can't guard on the perimeter. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I'll definitely go with LeBron. You're getting a renaissance man with LeBron. He has a movie studio. Um, he's the uh, uh, top GM in the Eastern Conference. Um, he's probably the best agent, you know, that anybody has in, in the league. He's an ambassador. You know, LeBron is he's a he's a jack of all trades, man. So you, you got to respect what, what he's actually kind of done. He might be a GM per se for that team. They might do his bidding. But he doesn't make good moves. He's no. just a really he makes trans- the homie moves. I want He's the homie to come play with me. He's a transcendent player, yeah, and the- that's the only reason he his teams are amazing is because he's just a general. He's not once- good at everything. He's good at basketball. Jordan yeah. failed in ba- baseball. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Watch him go be a GM when he can't play anymore. Because I took oh. it as when you asked who do you want to be your GM, I didn't take into account him being a player. I'm taking into account oh. who's going to be my GM. And if I – no, I don't want LeBron James to be my right. GM by any means. Uh, we have a text here on the – He ain't never says, coming to play here. Yeah, right. Does, uh, but does Cleveland have a big three or even a big two? Uh, it is is it, Le, or it is LeBron in a collection of really good players. Is that enough? In the Eastern Conference, yes. It is. In the East, he'll be fine. And especially when you look at a Boston team that doesn't have uh, Gordon Hayward at the moment, yes. At this point – LeBron is good enough to get you. If okay, and Kevin you Love Larry comes Hughes, back too. And Kevin let's Love comes forget. back in what four weeks? Yeah, let's not so forget. I mean that's that's still uh, Kevin Love is now with all those guys gone. Looks like he might be able to get back to playing what he's used to playing. They they have a couple months basically to show me because I I do honestly believe if you were to say right now who would you rather 
who do you think is going to make it into the finals, Boston or Cleveland? I would say personally Boston. That comes down to I'm, I look at things like uh, teamwork, uh, you know, chemistry and all that kind of stuff. And right now Cleveland has to work on all a lot of that from scratch. They just replaced half their team. So yeah. you have to show me in the last couple of months that you can work as a team. You can show that chemistry because that's one thing that I, I think Brad Stevens every year gets a little bit better. Like this year you lose Gordon Hayward and you're still just – tearing it up like uh, you you can't tell me that he didn't just spend three or four months straight thinking about how do I shut down LeBron when we see him in the finals because you know they're going to see LeBron James in the Eastern Conference finals so he's been thinking about that for a year yeah yeah he and he, he better think about it because that's really that that's his road to the NBA finals is through LeBron and we all kind of know that uh, all right coming up next man Josh McDaniels shows you how to curve the right way coming up next right here Sports Sunday in the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.48 right here on The Fan. Uh, got another message here on the uh, Bridgeport Bears text line. Make sure you get at us. 55305. If LeBron wants to be a champion again, he should go to San Antonio. Uh, and then I got some other messages here. Okay. Uh, him with that defense could challenge the Warriors. Yes. Whenever, as long as you had Greg, Greg Popovich. And here's something. Before, before I move on to this thing, this is, this is why I kind of consider LeBron the best ever. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for a coach to make a player better. You look at some of the great players in history, and they've all had phenomenal coaches. Mm-hmm. LeBron is the one great player of all those dudes who's never had a great coach. He, in fact, has made coaches look good. He got Tyrone Liu to the NBA Finals. He got David Blatt to the NBA Finals. He got, uh, what's the other, Mike Woodson. Not Mike Woodson. What's the other dude? Uh, Mike Brown. What's Brown. Name? Mike, Mike Brown, Brown. to yeah. the NBA Finals. All those coaches are assistants at best. But yeah. LeBron was able to take them there. He's never had a dude to get in his ear and tell him, you know what, when they go this way, you do this. And, oh, okay, easy buckets. He's ne- he had to learn all these things on his own. Put him with a Greg Popovich. Well, how about, I mean, this is one thing. I mean, the one thing you still have to do in San Antonio is you deal have to deal with the talent in the West. Well, why not a team like Philly? Like that is so young. You have that that young core of great talent. But you what, know, the only thing, my only thing about him going to Philly would be I think that would stunt somebody like Ben Simmons' growth. Ben Simmons has become one of the best point guards in the league. You're talking about a six nine guy who averages seven assists in his rookie year and still puts up seventeen points a game. And I think you put LeBron, who is a ball-dominant guy. Like, LeBron, he can play off the ball, but you want him with the ball in his hands. That's just that. That's just the player that he is. You know, I think there's a team, but he'll never do it. And put LeBron in Portland. Well, I, yeah, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no way. That guards? would never happen. I just said that last time. What happens but... with those two catch-and-shoot guards, man? Put him in Portland. But that's the thing, though. Like, if you look around, like LeBron, right? He, I mean, part of his legacy, I'm sure he wants to do the same thing as Tom Brady. He wants to be playing until he's 45, right? Well, how do you do that? You... You change, you, your game. you change your game. You stop facilitating the ball. You start playing you off the ball. you get a coach that allows you, puts you in positions to do that. You have a team that puts you in positions to do that. I think him going to a place like San Antonio would be great for him. I think him going to Houston would be him running a whole lot. And at 35, I don't know if you really want LeBron running like that no more. So I think if any team he goes to, I say Santa, you'd have two bigs in San Antonio. You're going to have a point guard. You're going to get Kawhi Leonard, you know, back it's, at a point. It's an easy and obvious choice, but once again, you you brought up Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's going to be 
you know, demanding, you know, one of these elite 250 though? million. Yeah. Is he, though? Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he still drives like a 98 Jeep Cherokee. Like, it, I mean. It, the, the one thing you can say about San Antonio, they have a history of having stars take less money for yes. the greater good of the team. Yes. So, you know, whatever Popovich's voodoo, he he can, he can play here. It, it might be worth it to go for, for a title. And I, I mean, still think you'd have to move a, a – LaMarcus Aldridge, too, to facilitate that as well, because LaMarcus Aldridge is making a buttload of money there in San Antonio. It's just you you do actually right now, as it stands, you have a lot of pieces that are making a decent amount of money and one that's coming in that's going to demand a lot. Even if he's not making yeah, the max amount, he's going to be demanding a lot of, of cap space. Something tells me at this point, considering the, the, the climate of the NBA, I don't know if LeBron's really going to demand that money like that as much as he wants to play for a, a, a chance to win. Like you kind of mentioned it. Like a lot, another loss in the finals does yeah. nothing for his legacy. It yeah. actually hurts it. Legacy is more important to LeBron than anything else, yeah, and, it, and it's literally I'd, he'd rather lose in the first round than to lose in the finals. I just think that's where he is because that's that's the culture we have now. I just he's done nothing in his career to show me that he's willing to take less money. He's done nothing. Uh, we got a couple of texts on the um, the text line before we kind of get ready to move on. Everybody, LeBron is one of those things. He is a Lightning rod. Everybody is ready to chime in when it comes to LeBron. Uh, you think he's going to let these new B-team All-Stars run the offense? He's going to have to play 40 minutes a game uh, in the finals. Just have to uh, – can't see where the rest of that went. This text line is sometimes really right. – it cuts stuff well, off. I mean, you can't see everything. That reminds uh, me of a quote I saw on ESPN. It was just basically everybody on that team has to play Robin to his Batman. Everybody. Right. Well, but, but, but you know who said that? George Hill said that. <laughs> and, and that's the difference. When, when you have – LeBron has had his success when guys figure out, hey, this is LeBron's show. I'm here to help the show. But it's always a problem. Let's take IT. IT thought that this is going to be, you know, a one-two punch. No, no, sir. This is LeBron and Nim. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. It will You're always Nim. be LeBron Nim. and Nim. Yeah, and 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 that's what they should put on their jerseys. And how does that work with Popovich? That that's why I don't think. Because let's remember when we talk. One of the reasons people say he left Miami was because that was Pat Riley's team. Right, Pat Riley's son, for all intents and purposes, is the coach in Spolstra. Right, I run this, and you know we saw Pat Riley tell uh, D Wade to to hit hit the road. Right, so he has no problem saying this is my, and I don't think LeBron is intrigued by that kind of structure. So I don't think he'll go to San Antonio. Uh, we got a message here, and I'm sure there's a lot of Blazer fans that feel this way. I laugh every time I think Lamarcus is going to San Antonio and win a champion and, and win a title. Uh, the potential of him getting traded when the Spurs winning, uh, and then the Spurs winning it would be perfect karma justice. I'm not mad at Lamarcus no more. I was never mad at Lamarcus. Like, I, oh, my only complaint with Lamarcus was. Bro, just say, you know what, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Talk about it in the offseason. All the stuff that athletes do about, I want to be the best Blazer ever. I want to be the best uh, Cleveland Cavalier ever. I want to be – stop it. Just just say I'm not sure. I'll make the best decision for my family and I. I would rather – I don't want to talk about it anymore. I won't answer any questions. LeBron said it one time at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to answer any questions. He hasn't been asked one question about it. That's just the way it goes. So you tell the reporters, you know what, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm here with – the Blazers or with the Warriors or whatever team you're with, and then just kind of uh, let that go. I'm just uh... – But that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, part of me for very much – for, like, believes for, you know, maybe up until even a couple months before the end of that season when things really fell off, when Wesley Matthews got hurt and, you know, we're deciding we're going to move on from um, Batum, like, 
yeah, I believe he wanted to be a blazer. And then he sees the wheels fall off. Why would he stick around? All of a sudden, you, you're telling me you wouldn't allow that couple months be like, oh, maybe I am going to leave. I'm going to go to a better situation. I'm going to go home. Oh, I'm 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 good with him leaving. Like I said, That's I'm why not I, mad at anybody for taking another job and getting a great opportunity. I'm not mad at nobody for ever doing that. I'm just saying, don't be like, oh, man, no, I didn't interview for that job. Just Yeah, I, I did, man. It's okay. Like, it's, I'm not going to be mad at you, bro. And that, that was my whole thing with LaMarcus. And with most professional athletes, when they go ahead and put that out there, it's like, nothing's happening. Everything is cool. Okay, it's not so cool. That I've been goes, traded or I'm, you know. So, so I have some breaking news that I actually, I, I forgot to share with you guys. So yesterday, I, I can't say where I was, but just know I was, I was in this place. And uh, the Utah Jazz are in town to mm-hmm. play the Blazers, what, today? So they were in town, and so me and my uh, youngest are, you know, kind of hanging out, and we're, we're ear hustling. It's, a, it's some Utah Jazz. And one of the Utah Jazz used to play in Cleveland, right? You can, you know, Google that Google and figure that out who and see it was. Which one that is. And so we were just in earshot where somebody asked him what the heck happened in Cleveland. And quote, unquote, he said, that coach never said a word. He watched it all happen. So that was breaking news. You heard it here first. So if you thought Lou was anything but a LeBron puppet, L- I listen, can confirm Tyrone it Lou, from the horse's mouth. Tyrone I heard Lou it. is the adult that you go to the amusement park with to get in <laughs> and just he's, meet me back here at 7 o'clock. He's that's, the weekend dad that that's, just that's buys what you he is. Shoes. Yes, sir. He's, man, I'll just get you kicks. Man, you want some popcorn? You want to go to the movies? That's Tyrone Lou's role. Like, he's not there for discipline. He's not there for structure. He is there to make sure that he can ride LeBron's coattails all the way to the NBA Finals, because even if he goes to the NBA Finals, Teron Lue will have been to the NBA Finals three three times in a row. Yeah, no, it, he's championship coach, <laughs> Teron Lue. He's literally the he's guy the guy that sits on this on the sidelines in his coaching chair with his mouth open, kind of looking stupid the whole time. And he has yeah. nothing to say. He nope. has nothing to offer. Literally nothing. That team. I'm not saying he's not. A, he can't be a good coach, but it's hard to be a good coach when man, this dude doesn't need to be coach. Put him out there, and just, it's almost like AAU high school stuff with LeBron. When you have a great – you Jesse, you know high school basketball very well, as well as you, Deloney. When you mm-hmm. have a really, really good player, it doesn't matter who else is around them. You have a shot to win, bro, if, especially yeah. if he's 6'8", 260. And, and, and honestly, that's the drawback of having so much leverage, yes. right? You yep. get to handpick your coach. You get to pick your players. You get And, and you know, by default as humans, we're usually – aren't picking people that are going to push us and make us uncomfortable. And, and, and you know, as much as we want to say, um, you know, LeBron's never had this, part of that is because of LeBron. When LeBron gets people he doesn't like because of his leverage, they leave. Yeah, all the time. That's just the, that's just who LeBron is. So yeah. if you want to play with the greatest on earth and have an opportunity to go to the finals, understand it's going to come with some strings attached. Man. That's right. Um, okay, well, we didn't get to uh, Josh McDaniels, so we'll do that here in the next hour. But coming up first, Jimmy G. Got a big payday, but I think a lot of dudes are about to get that same type of payday. We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.